And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. How is everybody doing today? Welcome to the podcast. Brandon, how are you getting on today? Yeah, fantastic. Feeling good. Feeling good. A little, 10 bit, hungry. 10. A little bit hungry. A little bit hungry. A little bit hungry. We might delve into that in a little bit. Me and Brandon are doing a, a wee experimental 72-hour fast for the autophagy benefits, but maybe I said, we keep me into this fast podcast. I said the brand of stars, like it's just something that I would like to be more prepared for, get all the research together because it is a, um, it's a very interesting topic, but it's also something that you just want to treat with care because you don't want anybody jumping into this this kind of stuff uh, uh, for the wrong reasons, let's say. Because right, I've, fine. I've we'll just talk about fasting now. We've opened the cash. <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of fasting over the years and to be fair, like, it's a useful weight loss too, but I feel like nobody ever keeps the weight up. I don't think I've ever kept the weight up from fasting. It's, it's a useful health tool, but it's not not a weight loss tool. So that's I, feel, I, feel, I feel like it depends on why you fast. I feel like I feel like nearly fasting for weight loss is not a good strategy, but I feel like fasting to develop your relationship with food, I feel like is beneficial. Yeah, or maybe give you give you an appreciation for food. Obviously, there's a lot of things like dopamine resets and, and, and different things. Um, yeah, top topic for another day though. We we let you guys know what our experience is like after after the fact. Um, but on today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is fitness and fatherhood. So obviously myself and Brandon over the last couple of years, we have become dads. Myself uh, two years ago and Brandon three years ago, uh, give or take. Um, so we want to just kind of give some insight into how that has affected our fitness journeys um, and what advice we would give to other dads. And any dads that are listening or any mams, we'd love to get your perspective on it too. So as we said, we're real people. Send us a message on Instagram, send us a message. We'd love to know what you think about this topic. Um, but Brandon, for you, like what has been the biggest impact being a dad has has made on you as a person, but also within your within the context of your, your own fitness journey? Well, one of the biggest things is obviously now there's, I'm not going to say that there's less time. Obviously time is now a lot more valuable. You know, it's a lot more, like, I've I've got requirements now. I'm a lot more tethered to the house because, you know, obviously it's a tag team partnership. You know, Chloe does X amount of hours. I do X amount of hours. You know, you try and share the load when you're there. There's other responsibilities and stuff that have to be done in the house. And these little these little kiddos need minded. And just for anybody who doesn't know, I've got two young lads at home. I've got Mason, who's three, and Zach, who's one. And... Obviously, again, like so, you you, you got to be there a lot more, and things weren't aren't as laxadaisy as they were before. You know, I can tell Chloe, oh, I signed up two hundred miles now this month. That's an hour and a half to two hours of training. You know, four or five days out of the week, on top of maybe stuff that I'm doing as well. And you could just drop that in the whim. Whereas now you can't. You just kind of have to be a little more structured, a little more organized, and you have to, you know run things by herself to make sure that you know we've got childcare if so she's got something on or i've got something on where are the kids going to be and obviously again then you have to manage the load for 
your partner because if you're away doing all your training and that's all you care about well then they're going to have an increased workload and you have to decide on whether or not that's fair and you kind of have to have that conversation and that kind of stuff but for me i feel like in in terms of my own training i feel like it hasn't really affected me all too much because i am of the mentality now where i just make it work like i i'm not of the the like it, it's not a it's not an option for me to miss a session now unless I'm genuinely sick or the kids are genuinely sick and you know if if a day off comes that's no problem but I'm not of the mentality now that it's like I'm it's oh I haven't got the time it's like we're find the time if it's my lunch break it will be my lunch break if it's after work if it's after the kids go to bed if it's a workout at home if it's yoga if it's stretch whatever it's like we're getting it in today and that's kind of my mentality and. I would never use the kids as a medium to long-term excuses to not get the session in. But obviously having kids, things are going to come up. You know, they're going to have a sick week. There's going to be a sick house. And so that's going to appear like you might miss sessions a little bit more frequently because you have kids. But I feel like as using them as an excuse, it's kind of like, well, if it wasn't the kids, it would be your job. It would be your energy levels. It would be, you know, other commitments that you had. It would be your friends. It would be, you know, it's like if you're going to find an excuse, you're going to find an excuse. And if you're going to find a way, you're going to find a way. And the key is obviously as well, like I've been doing this for multiple years. So I've got used to finding a way without kids. But it's like if you are new to now having kids and also trying to find a way, like initially trying to find that and pull it out of yourself is a stressful, time-consuming experience. And so, you know, if you're new to fatherhood and new to working out, it's a lot to take on. And so my biggest advice to people to people, to dads who are trying to find the time would be to look at your schedule, sit down and have a look at the schedule. And then it's, a, it's about putting the time aside and obviously having that, 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 that conversation with whoever's at home and whoever you have to help and try and figure out, you know, can we you know, pass the kids off for a wee bit while you get your um, health kind of, its own pocket of time as well because you have to fill your cup first and it's super important that you don't neglect your physicality because what's going to happen then is then mentally you're going to be sluggish and then nobody's getting the best for you but it's also important that you you know have reasonable expectations of you know your job your career your kids and what you can actually manage to do but the key for me has always been and will always be putting the time aside is like schedule it out if it's not scheduled and it's, it has to be an non-negotiable it's like this is not up for debate and again if you if it's if you're often if you're debating too often you might have overloaded yourself it's like we don't have to you don't have to do an hour a day if you're that's starting to feel like too much in you and too much in any, anybody else but it's like you know when that session comes up unless it's genuinely an emergency you have to go and get it in yeah that sounds cool so the key key thing is kind of really shutting out to me there is like to for 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 the dads it's priorities and time management and utilizing the time being proactive looking at the week looking at the day where can i fit this in and making a, a plan to make it happen because one thing that i see a lot we, we obviously see a lot and but again we're all guilty of this because um, i definitely haven't got a pair for you over the last last couple of years either but it's not necessarily just with being a father it's with everything else it's just another just another responsibility to add to the list so it's not just that because obviously nothing exists in isolation you know while you're a dad you're still you're still a boss you're still a brother you're still you know uh you still have your job you still have your friends you still have your family you still have your hobbies of all this stuff so just another thing to kind of add to the mix and to try and juggle it and that's why you know being organized 
and having some basic time management skills. I would just encourage anybody listening that struggles with time to really ask yourself, like, you know, like, have you ever really looked at your week? Like, have you ever used a weekly planner? Have you ever used a monthly planner? Have you actually ever sat down when hour by hour, day by day, and just thought, when am I fitting it all in? Have you ever, you know, said, right, when, when, where's time for the hobbies? When am I sleeping? When am I doing the meal prep? All the things that you want to do. And when you see it down on paper, two things happen. Sometimes you feel like you can realize that you've bit off more than you can chew and that, you know, you need to eliminate first because you know, there's a lot of stuff that we do. We get ourselves roped into these things that, you know, aren't necessarily sustainable for us or they're, they're not win-win. You know, we're, we're giving a lot, but we're not really getting from, from it, not even necessarily financially, but maybe emotionally, spiritually, whatever, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, but just this kind of thing of, you know, having that plan is going to be so important. Or what happens is people, a lot of the time people see that there's a lot more hours and we we think about it what i really liked about what you said there was you know not using the kids as an excuse in the medium or long term because it can always be used as an excuse in the short term like you know kids you know can just wake up in the middle of the night and start getting sick it's like oh here we go uh, and fair enough um I, I think you said on one of the when the previous podcast was you know life is going to give you days off so if you're giving yourself days off like you know and life's going to give you a lot of days off like well then you're taking a lot a lot of days off off um which, you know, if you've got any sort of reasonable goals, like, well, what is reasonable? Like, what does it mean to be a fit dad to you? Like, well, what, like, what, when you look at, like, say, the archetype of the ideal of, like, who you're trying to be, like, what kind of dad do you feel like you want to be? Like, what are the the things that you want to kind of check off? Because I know you mentioned there, like, you know, filling up your own cup first. And you know, I feel like part of that is obviously being a good example. You know, I, mm. I feel like people burn the candle at both ends in, in, in a sense where, you know, they don't exercise because they haven't got time because of the kids but then you know, your energy suffers you know it's like you're not necessarily being a being a good example you can't play with the kids i know the stuff like you know throw molly up and down like you know she's 14 kilos you need to be modestly fit for that like i hold her all the time i'm like i want to stay strong just so i can hold her like this drag this out for as long as possible um you know play games or get in the water and play football and stuff like that um so like what what, what is your idea like what 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 are the kind of key things that's important to you as you kind of strive to be, say, the best dad you can be? Well, one big thing is like, do I have enough energy for my day? Like that's key. Like my day starts at my day starts at quarter to five in the morning, and so the the most important thing for me is sleep. And this is something this is something obviously people could go you know really into depth with, and something I really find an awful lot of parents struggle with is like I'm not sure what their night's sleep is like. But like that's really important, and for some parents it can be massively challenging. So I don't know if I have any like I don't really have any advice except for read books on because I know there is fantastic books and advice out there like to help get your kids into a good bedtime routine because if your kids aren't sleeping like that's going to be detrimental to everything else. So the first thing that you need to sort out is some kind of bedtime routine or some kind of strategy that at least you know you're sleeping you get the minimum amount of sleep because if you wake up the next day and you're not well slept and again yeah like every once in a while that's going to happen and maybe for you in that situation the smart decision is skipping the gym because you know like you're not like you've got two and a half hours you know it's like what's if you're only getting, if you're only getting four or five hours sleep there's no there's honestly no point working out genuinely yeah, exactly but again so if you can set the time aside and maybe you know do a 15 minute yoga session with a 10 minute Shavasana, a bit of a sleep in it, you know. Like again, do, so. a, do, a, do a work instead of a workout. Go for a walk, do some yoga, something that kind of makes you feel more energized. Something not don't do something that's going to take yeah from energy from you. Do something that's going to give you energy, which is you know lower intensity type stuff. 
Exactly. So the key, obviously, is like, look, you got to sleep. As a person, as a parent, you got to sleep. And so if you're not sleeping, that that would be the first thing. Because really, what are we talking about? We're talking of like we want to have energy, both physically, emotionally, and you know, mentally. We want to be able to be creative with our kids, to be able to play games that engage them emotionally. We want to be present and not be short with them, so that way we can give them our best selves and not have a guilt on us that we were, you know, that we're traumatizing them because of our shitty mood at some stage during the day. Um, and then again, physically, like, like, are, are, do you have to sit on the couch because every, like, you're just exhausted. So you, again, you just can't play with your kids. You can't sit on the floor, stuff like, you know, actual physical fitness and mobility comes in, you know, what's your weight like and you run after your kids. And obviously even you said there, Steve, you know, Molly's 14 kg, for example, is like, I don't even see myself as needing to be fit yet. Mason's three. I feel like five or six, it's like, imagine like, like then you're going to actually be playing games with somebody like, then you're actually going to be challenged by them. And if your kid can outrun you, it's like that to me is not a great, like, I don't want to be there. That's not the place that I would like to be as a parent as a dad. So that is obviously my, my big goal is that I can coach Mason, train Mason, train with him, be a good, reliable training partner for him to help develop him and Zach. Obviously I'm thinking of Mason because Mason's coming first along that road and so you know can you can you spar with your child you know can you do drills with them can you play with them can you engage with them can you cause them to grow because you are growing yourself and again can you sit on the floor with them like a big goal for me as as was uh, as part of being a dad was the night feeds with mason and zach like i couldn't sit up in the bed because of my mobility i couldn't sit cross-legged i couldn't if I was just sitting there, eventually my back would be sore and I kind of have to move and I'd, I'd, I'd disturb them a little bit. And then Chloe wasn't happy because she'd nearly have to do it or I'd do it wrong or I'd wake them or annoy them. And so, you know, little stuff like that. It's like, are you mobile enough to be a parent? Are you experiencing any aches or pains in your body that are kind of preventing you from being as helpful or as present as you could be? You know, I would like to sit on the floor and play with my kids for, for a while, but I can't because my back is sore or whatever. It's like, what are your limitations is it knee pain? Like, can you not play football with your kids because you got knee pain? You know, can you not go hiking? Can you not take them for walks because you're overweight and you just can't manage the load? And so that kind of for, in terms of like, obviously, the, the, in the guise of health and fitness, is like, that's what it means to me is like, I want to be energetically fit and fit for purpose, fit for fatherhood. <laughs> Uh, you know, I want to. Fit for wanna... Remember, I seen that in the Aubrey Marcus. I think Aubrey Marcus is that thing in his podcast called Fit for Service. And I just really like the, the idea of that, the concept of like being fit for service. So, service in service of your family, service of your, of your community, service of your country, you know, just being fit for service. Like that yeah. kind of service based mindset, I think, is is very powerful because that's what I feel like what, like what fatherhood is all about, or even more so like being a man is all about. Like, you know, it's like, what are you doing? Who are you helping? Like, what is your purpose? What is your mission? Like, men are very purpose-driven mission-driven i think um there was very interesting uh clip i i, I seen from a podcast uh, i think it was chris williamson but i kind of talked about this concept of you know like how they treat men's depression and women's depression the same when it's when it shouldn't be um i can't remember who exactly was speaking about it, it was on his podcast but some doctor or some psychologist was basically about like you know when women are depressed they need more love love care and affection you know the the the, the need that but what men need is men need more responsibility more purpose um you know they need they need a reason to get out of bed in the morning they need meaningful work is what the what what they need um and there is nothing greater than that than being a dad but like it's also people can be doing the exact same situation and just have two different stories about it 
and just have a completely different experience. You know what I mean? Somebody like you could look at it as being a, you know, be, being a mission, or you could look at it as being a pain in the ass. You know, and you could look at it as 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 a massive opportunity, or you could look at it as a, you know, as a financial uh, ball and chain. You get what I'm saying? So it's like it's like it just really depends what kind of story people have around these around these things. Well, but I just thought that was so powerful. Jordan Peterson says like one of the most shocking things about men and the, like just people in general, but obviously like the vast majority of people that he talks to are men because for whatever reason that's who's buying into what he's selling. Obviously, a lot an awful lot of women are as well. One of the things he said is like, you know, he, you'd be shocked at how many people are just starved for an encouraging word. And I feel like that's kind of part of like, like obviously we can give you responsibility, but we also have to encourage men to say that, you know, you are strong, you are fit for a purpose. You know, it's like you are capable of taking on this responsibility and you should take on this responsibility because you are, a, and again, so it's like, that's, it's like, do you have like a community of people who, who encourage you? You know, it's like, again, just kind of on the guise of, you know, men's depression. It's like, you know, it's not just more responsibility you need. It's that belief in yourself. And then obviously like the belief to set on for a greater purpose. Like there's no point just telling you you're fucking great and you're not doing anything at all. So well, are you great then? It's like, are we just kind of blowing smoke? But at the same time, if we just overload your back without kind of addressing, you know, your core beliefs about yourself. And again, like people need, sweet fuck all encouragement like literally just a little bit like just a a genuine a genuine bit of love and encouragement like can go a a very very long way and again like back to you know fit for fatherhood it's like me the dad of two young boys it's like i want to be again educated and, and knowledgeable and wise enough and to have sacrificed enough that I feel like a, a disciplined person that I my confidence self-confidence is enough that I could pass that on to my boys and that they could grow up to be strong and and disciplined young men you know that's kind of what I want out of been a parent like I want to be proud of the job that I did and I need to first work on myself because otherwise you know I, I was listening to I think it was sad guru was talking the other day if your kids like if everything you do, your kids are running from, it's because, you know, they don't want to be like you. And so it's like, well, how do you make your kids? Like you look at the 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 lions, like the, the, the baby lions. If you see the big lion walking, the baby lions are following suit. The, the monkeys are walking, the little monkeys are following suit. And so it's like, it's like, you got to teach them people how to be people. And if they look at that and go, I don't want to be that, it's like, they'll split. But it's like, you have to be that person that they go, geez, I just want to be like that. Yeah, that's cool. That, because that that is, isn't it? Like I just want, like I just want to be, be be like my dad. But you want obviously you want your kids to be to be even better than you. I remember I read uh, listened to a, another story the other day. It was um, Eddie Hearn, the the boxing promoter from the UK. And he was telling the story about his dad and when his dad kind of was sparring him in the ring, and uh, he was I think it was like fourteen, fifteen, um, and he could only spar his dad anybody. But he ended up he, he said ended up saying he gave his dad a good whooping. Um, but his dad got out of the ring. And his dad was so proud, you know that is. You know, because he felt like his son had passed the test that he was now, you know, fit and capable of of, of kind of taking care of himself, etc. Um, which is part of that too. Like, and a lot of that kind of gets gets passed off as like you know, like toxic masculinity, etc. But these are things that are actually important to men. It's important to be able to defend yourself. There's a certain level of of I think calmness and confidence that comes from just knowing that you know you can defend yourself. Uh, worst case scenario, you at least have basic self defense skills. Um, but you know. Can, can really help out like somebody that has no no combat experience for somebody just has a little bit 
personal just with a little bit wins wins pretty much everyone every every time um but these things these things are important to men but it's like like who do you want to be in the sense like or who do we want our kids to be but it's i think it's really it's it's hard even because you've got sons and i have, I have, I have a daughter as well obviously so it's kind of like a different i feel like it's a different perspective in a sense mm. because you know this whole thing you're trying to be you're trying to be a good example of you know how she should you know want to be uh, a good example of how she should be treated by by men that's really what you're trying to do um by, by giving her a good example of what like how, how i take care of her how i take care of her and jenny is how she should you know the, the this should be eventually become the minimum standard for how she should want to be want to be treated mm. by her future partner etc so that's kind of really what i'm kind of more focused on on at the minute um but i said like it's not, like it's not easy to be that it's a lot of it's just trying to become the best version of yourself i feel like, like you check a lot of boxes when you're just trying to be the best that you can be just all yeah. around and so that's that's again just back onto that point that sad guru was talking about is like everybody's like talking about you know how we how we can change our kids and how we can like fix the kids and you know adjust the kids personality to be expert it's like it's like it's you you need to work on it's like it's, yeah. they'll model after you if you model yourself well enough like they'll model you because they'll get it like like nobody nobody sees somebody walking head first into a into a, a, a fucking tree and goes oh i'm following it's like if they see the mistake, they go the other way. And so it's like if you're making unconscious mistakes and you think your kids can't see them, it's like of course they can. They're watching and they're learning, and whether even not they're aware of it or not. And so it's but it's like they're learning from you. And when they see you kicking ass, taking names, being successful, being the man, they're gonna go that. And again, either that's Molly going, that's what I want, or my son's going, that's what I want to be. And so it's like that's and that's as a dad that's how it goes. And again, similar flip flip the script for mams. You know, it's like mams. You know, it's like if they are kicking ass, doing everything, being the right kind of people, like Chloe, the boys are gonna go. I want a woman like that. You know, and 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 Molly the same. Looking at Jenny, kind of, I'm gonna be like her. That's how, that's just how it goes. And that's kind of why where the whole whole Freud thing comes in. You know, it's like men marry their mother kind of thing it's like it's like you know it's like or again it's like all this kind of early imprints that happen is like it's super important it's super important who your parents are and it's super important how they act because kids are just like little sponges and it's super important that you're you know giving them the right kind of stuff to soak up yeah but it's funny it's like nobody's ever going to really get it fully right like it's just like all you can yeah. do is your best like you know kind of as i'm going to talk i'm going to read a read a a small bit uh, from 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 my favorite book, uh, the Four Agreements, um, and one of the rules is always do your best, and that's kind of like once you do your best, like you you don't feel bad, like you just like you know you do, you know you done your best, like you know did I miss? Could I went to the workout? Could I not went to the workout? You know, like you know if you probably could have went, you'll feel guilty. But if the kids were genuinely sick, like you don't care, like like I couldn't I couldn't went, like it's it is what it is. Um, so we only kind of really beat ourselves up when we when we know we probably could could have done better in the situation. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put one back up against you, and again, just again, why why it's so important to your parent? If you're if you're a shitty parent and you instill, you know, like you can you can instill the wrong feeling in your kids, like they might feel like their best is never good enough. You know, this is it another job. That's there's another job as a parent because I I know I know people all the time who I ask them to you know you know, give me genuine feedback on what they did and they could do a great job and still put themselves down about it. And it's like, that's again, another big problem that I see as a coach is that people don't have fair expectations of themselves, which is absolutely 
you know, it's very demotivating. Because like, I know for myself, like I walked into, once I learned what was reasonable or once I, once I understood how important it was to kind of have a balanced approach, you know, like instead of trying to do and live in extremes, that once I realized, okay, today we're going to do our best, as you said. And then I said, right, well, that's generally good enough. Like, again, I did a reasonable amount of work. I did my best. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't anywhere close. But given the, the place that I was at, it was a step in the right direction. Like, once I started that mentality, the steps just keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on coming. But for some people, they just don't get that same positive feedback because, again, like, nothing they ever did was good enough. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe, yeah, because there just wasn't enough empathy and compassion to help them kind of understand or just yeah just too high expectations see these are kids like, yeah. like i said before like my thing we said before is like these kids know nothing like they grow up they're just fucking empty heads they know nothing you have to teach them absolutely everything along the way um they've obviously got a they've got an essence and a spirit which is you know innocent and beautiful and playful and, uh, and that kind of stuff which is cool um but essentially they know nothing we have to teach them everything which is you know like everyone else it's a blessing and a curse it's an absolute blessing and a privilege but it's also said it's a lot of responsibility you know you kind of got to be ready for it like we People shouldn't go into it lightly, um, but by any means. Yeah, but mad, it's mad, sorry, it's mad. It's like where, where, where for the first part of Mason's life, he was growing from a baby into a boy, and now it's the same with Zach. But Mason's three now, and I can kind of see him. Like I'm starting to look at him. Like he's not. Like I don't see the baby him anymore. Like I see him as a little boy, and so you can see now the progression on. It's like the next thing is like obviously become a teenager and a young adult and a man. But like I mean, I can really see as like Jesus, like you're a you're a like you're a real little person now. Like I'm I'm I have a little person in my hands, like in my domain uh, of in my domain. Yeah, it's like I I'm fully responsible for this young person who's starting to kind of forge all these ideas and beliefs and like talking in full sentences and comprehending like a big picture of things at one go and been able to communicate that and internalize it. It's like, that's a, that's a big responsibility and it's such an honor to get to be a part of that. But it's like, geez, I don't want to miss. I know I'm going to miss and it's going to hurt when I miss. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's it's a big responsibility. It's so precious. One of the things that kind of going viral recently was the, 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 that kind of Jordan Peterson clip with people with their kids. Like, you know, this whole thing, like, you know, you only have kids until they're four and it kind of goes so fast. And like, once it's done, it's done. And there's some people out there that, you know, maybe worked a little bit too hard and long or, you know, were too distracted. Even things like, you know, catch yourself on your phone. I remember what he said to me the other day, like, Dad, get off your phone. I was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, like you gotta, you got you to gotta be mindful of that stuff because, like, there's just so many distractions in life. You can just miss out on, miss out phone, on the magic. Phones are a big one. Phones are a big one. Phones, phones are, are a big, big one. Like, no, they're little massive, weasels. Massive. They just creeped in there, didn't they? Like, really, and just become now the norm. Just become... Like if you're not you're like like if you're doing nothing and you're not on your phone like it's weird. Yeah, it's just it's just what's just sitting around looking around you like you know yeah, like, just yeah. this constant need for stimulation, just dopamine. But that's you know why people I feel struggle with not people me as well struggle with motivation and stuff. It's just because we have this constant dopamine dopamine supply. You know this the end of like basic basic life is not is not entertaining enough or is not stimulating enough that we always need that little bit actually always need. But then, then also in the same breath, like these smartphones are an absolute insane piece of technology. Like what you can do with your smartphone, like there's more technology in your smartphone that was in, you know, the rockets that were going to the, to the moon. Like it's, it's insane. Um, like what you can actually do with a smartphone and 
the actual information then that exists on the internet because it's so interesting it's so engaging like sometimes you're just going down like these different rabbit holes like you know you just get curious about a topic and then like you can just go and go and go like you know like there's just so much so much interesting stuff to kind of to pay attention to um but basically what, what i want to do is one of the key things for me anyway for me as a dad one of the biggest lessons that i've had or one of the biggest kind of aha moments was reading this book the four agreements and it was just this little story about a mom and how she was um you know interacting with her child and just how important it is to be careful with your words with children especially but this also like everyone else this works both ways it's like it can be extremely damaging or it can be extremely uplifting that's one of also my favorite things about children how you mentioned like you know people are starved for encouragement like it's so you can really light a kid up with some genuine encouragement you know some genuine encouragement some 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 love some high fives you know can really really lift the child but in that same breath negativity towards a child you know like uh, insulting a child or criticizing a child unfairly etc can really really psychologically damage them but impact our life in a way that i feel like we're not fully aware of the consequences so in this book, one of the first agreements is always be impeccable with your word. The concept is that your words are like magic. I've talked about this maybe once or twice, but I'm not going to assume that we're popular enough that people have heard all the episodes. Um, so if you're listening to this, I'll, I'll kind of recap it. Yeah. So the, the 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 first one is, you know, be impeccable with your word. Words are like magic. And we're like, I, we're casting spells. If I say, Brandon, you're a great lad. You know, I'm casting spells. You're like, oh, maybe I think I'm a great lad. And then I said, no, Brandon, you're, you're, you're a dickhead. And then I said it again and again and again. So over time, that kind of eats into your psyche and then you start to people kind of start to start to um, align them align themselves with these things okay but rather than again like some people are particularly susceptible to things that anybody says like there's some people i remember listening to jocko willing kind of talking about you know like what kind of dad do you want to be like in terms of what do you do if you know like we were driving down the motorway the other day and some fella you know give me the finger and flip me off and then he like pulled said pull over pull over and then like got out of the car and then you might like your man wanted to fight him it's like what would you do in that situation and it's like you know do you really want to be the kind of guy that will fight with anybody in the streets you know and yeah. um, so it's like you know it's like if we get drawn into just anybody I've been there I, there's times i would have i would have got out of but see this is the thing and so it's like you you don't want like because in the the flip side of that coin like play that it's like we, we don't want to be a coward right but the the, the, the thing is been wise enough to know that that's just a fool like you're you're just picking a fight with, 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 with an idiot stranger yeah like for no like for no reason just because they he had a, a, a you know an angry thought and he projected that out and yeah. now you have it you bit the bug and so the same thing is like again social media talking you know a hater somebody comments something shitty on your thing some people take it in but the thing about being a parent and the point that you're going to get to now is like that words from people that you actually love and trust deeply is like yeah. they are going to hit regardless exactly this is the big yeah. difference between a hater, a hater or a stranger and your own mother your own father your brother your sister your best friend like you know it's, it's very important that we are to some degree careful with our words um when when we kind of speak uh speak with people um and i also on, on that i also feel that the people that are most easily influenced by others are people that don't have strong stories or strong stories about themselves and who they are or mm. you know missions visions for for their future that they're they're very easily swayed e- either way because of a lack of um i can't think of the word for it um they don't have their own story straight so they're very think, easily influenced 
They're exactly. They don't have a strong identity. I, I like. I, I like stories. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's all like the identity. So they don't have a strong identity in who they are. So therefore, it's very easy for somebody else to influence influence them and tell them who they are. And that's obviously one thing that Jenny says all the time. We're trying to do with our kids. Um, is especially more like we're into like Montessori, Montessori, and we hope the homeschool and different things because you know we, we feel like we can do. I feel like the system could do a much better job for kids. And I feel like as uh, you know, as a father, you know, education is, is is massively important to me. But I feel like I could teach Molly more in, in a couple hours than than she'd learn all this in at school. And everyone's always like, oh, the what about the socializing? I'm like, come on, like literally, like 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 there's 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 probably like it's very easy to replicate. Like social skills, like kids can be, can no, be extremely no, social. No, some, no, some, some, maybe it was you guys said this to me is like, what, like, what socializing is going on during class? It's like you've got an hour lunch break, you know, maybe a 50 minute tea break, and then it's like, you know, then maybe a chat at your desk. You know, it's like, you know, it's like that's, you know, two, three hours in after school would be enough. But all, but, it, but it's this, but it's this thing I'm about to talk about as well is like, also, children are extremely vulnerable at that age. And that there can also there's a lot of people are traumatized <laughs> from okay. primary school. I remember getting bullied at school and, and definitely picking up some heavy insecurities in both primary and secondary school, you know, like so yeah. I, 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 I feel more so I feel more so more so primary school. Um, so for me, like unless it's done in, in the right way, and just more so because one of these things you don't have that that much control over, I'd prefer to do it myself if you know circumstances allow for that. That would be my preference. I'm more so as, as things that like kids grow up so fast. Like if I could spend more time, you know, if I could take Molly for an hour and Jenny could take her for an hour for school and her Nana could take her for an hour for school, it's like she's going to get a better education with three hours of one-on-one that you would sitting in the desk with in, in a room with 30, 40, 30, 40 other kids. Um, and then obviously she'll still, you know, be playing Gaelic and football and dancing and gymnastics and all, all, all the other things that we'll get her into and playing with our cousins and going to the park and all this stuff too. So, um, but anyway, back to my, my original point here, but the, but the world, just because this is something that really hit me as a parent um because i know it can be it's so easy when you get frustrated you know to be quick and to be short with kids but honestly it, it's um but also just from what i know about you know positive self-talk and affirmations and this kind of stuff that's had a positive influence in my life anyway this just really kind of really resonated so what i'll do is i'll read an extract uh, from the book the four grievance um and then you can let me know what you think there was a woman for example, who was intelligent and had very, had a very good heart. She had a daughter whom she adored and loved very much. One night she came home from a very bad day at work, tired, full of emotional tension and with a terrible headache. She wanted peace and quiet, but her daughter was singing and jumping happily. The daughter was unaware of how her mother was feeling. She was, not, she was in her own world, in her own dream. She felt so wonderful and she was jumping and singing louder and louder, expressing her joy and her love. She was singing so loud that it made her mother's headache even worse. And at that certain moment, the mother lost control. Angrily, she looked at her beautiful little girl and said, shut up. You have an ugly voice. Can you just shut up? The truth is that the mother's tolerance for any noise was non-existent. It was not that the little girl's voice was ugly, but the daughter believed what her mother said. And in that moment, she made an agreement with herself. After that, she no longer sang because she believed her voice was ugly and would bother anyone who heard it. She became shy. She became shy at school. And if she was asked to sing, she refused. Even speaking to others became difficult for her. Everything changed in the little girl because of this new agreement. She believed she must repress her emotions in order to be accepted and loved. Whenever we hear an opinion and, and believe it, we make an agreement and it becomes part of our beliefs. And even though she had a beautiful voice, never sang again, 
she developed a whole complex from one spell. This spell was cast upon her by the one who loved her the most, her own mother. That makes that makes me emotional even reading that. Um, I can just like I just like um, pictured like doing something like that to Molly would be just you know so um, just so heartbreaking, you know, like and that whole thing that said the end, like you know, it was cast by her own mother, you know, the person who actually loved her the most, but just because she wasn't let's say careful with her words. Um, I know, but you know, you're so sad such a, such a lasting impact. It paints a perfect picture of like it's it's you know it's barely even the man's fault. God love her, you know yeah. that poor woman absolutely like busted yeah. from a long day head splitting. Like I mean, like who who like who couldn't relate to that? You know what I mean? But again, as yeah. I said, child's a victim. You're you're the adult, you know. And as I said, it's like you know what was the child doing? Nothing. But you know, kids can be annoying. You know, it can yeah. be so annoying. <laughs> of course, of course. Like, like I remember listening to Russell Brand in in one of his books. I forget what what the name of the book was, but he was saying, and I didn't get it at the time because I think Mason was maybe one and a half, just two, and two to three to me, honestly, was a fantastic age. It's three is Jesus Christ. What he said was, he said that they just have an infinite amount of beautiful energy that it's just nearly it's nearly too much you know it's like it's like it's never it's ne- like oh well actually you know sometimes sometimes their test limits are a little bit naughty and you know, it's like you know but again like nobody's nearly um a construct unless they're actually you know violent it's like you know it's like they're just making a mess or you know they're exploring they're they're you know touching stuff that maybe it feels nice for them or they don't know what it feels like so they're touching it and yeah, yeah. rubbing it here there and everywhere or whatever but it's just like it's like they literally just have this endless supply of energy and as adults it's like we've got our priorities already set up and sometimes all we're maxed out and they're coming to us but more you know it's like i've got enough for you give yeah. us a break you know it's like and it's like and it's like you know i'm sure every parent understands that like i seen it again tiktok and some parent was like i absolutely love this human you know i would die for this human would i would i jump in front of a train for this child just to make sure that they never had to feel one of the pain 100 percent but it is my favorite time of day also when that child is asleep. You better believe You know, yeah. it's kind of, you can understand that. It's like when you start to become, when you start to become burnt out, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes all the, all the, the mind wants is peace. And hopefully along your journey is self growth, your tolerance becomes better. And that's kind of, that's what I'm working on at the minute. It's like, I want to make sure that at the end of every day, I've got my day routine enough that I haven't bit off more than I can chew. I'm not burning the candle at both ends. That when that child goes to sleep, it my candle burns out after theirs, because there's nothing worse than that child having more. En- and again, like kids have pretty small batteries. To be fair to them, like I mean, like that's one of my favorite things to and, t- and tactics for getting Mason to sleep when he was a, when he was a mover. And Zach will be coming soon. Was that I used to just walk him and play with him until he'd start falling over. It was like he just couldn't hold himself up because I know it's like, look, this battery's gonna run out, and that obviously gets bigger as they get bigger, and that's why we have to hopefully be better. But the key is, is like, if your battery's running out before their batteries, like that's like again stuff like that can happen, and it's sad. And again, is that your fault, or maybe that's not your fault? Maybe you know you've got, you know, again back to Jock who willing, you know, extreme ownership. It's like maybe it's all your fault. Maybe it's all, maybe not your fault, but your responsibility. But it's like you know, let's say for talks sake, God forbid. You know, you don't have a partner for whatever reason. Maybe, you know, something happened, medical issue, whatever. You know, you don't have parents. You've got two kids, two beautiful kids. You're burnt out now. You're literally trying to do it all. It's like, you know, in that situation, what do you do? 
Yeah. So, but it, yeah. this is this is what yeah. this is what we're talking about. It's like being being like, are you fit to be a dad? Are you fit to be a parent? Like this kind of journey of self actualization, working on these things, so that we minimize the chance of 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 you know casting casting spells. Let's say on our own kids. Um, and it's not to say that we're never going to do it or we're going to get things right, but it's you know just kind of having that level of awareness and you know trying to practice patience and, and you know giving genuine care and attention and you know just trying to be the best you can be because as you said like that's a good analogy like you know making sure your candle doesn't go out before theirs and this is what a lot of people do like you know as we talk about like fitness you know is like you know a lot of people just don't have the energy for it because like you know being an adult is hard like there's so many responsibilities like there's so much stuff to do all the time. And it's hard to, you know, when you're stressed out about big problems to, you know, to to find in genuine interest in the, you know, the small thing that your child is trying to show you and think is the thinks the best thing ever to try and mirror that is difficult. Um, and it's you know it's hard to be patient after a long day's work, etc. But this is this is but this is the game. This is this is what I believe the game is to, to do to do the best that we can. Obviously, you know, the goal is to do the best you can. I feel like these things can and will happen, but. You know, it's like, did you do your best? You know, could you be, could you be better prepared? Like if you had, if you were living a healthier lifestyle, would you be so quick to, ang- to anger? If you were exercising regularly, like, would you be so anxious all the time? You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, are you we doing everything in your power? We haven't even touched on nutrition. Yeah. You know, like, and I, like that's massive. Like for me, for me as a dad, like, I mean, you have to be so organized in order to get your nutrition dialed in because, like again, it's so manic in the house, you know. So there's always something to be done. It's like if, like, talk about the weeds grow. If I just leave my house alone, it just becomes an absolute bomb site with those two kids yeah. pulling out toys and things that aren't toys until they're all just over the floor. And so that's a constant job that needs monitored. Now again, you can pick how you know what your standard. And again, some days it's not reasonable to get it all tidied up all the time, but it's like. You know, that's a job that always needs done. It's a stress that always needs managed. And then on top of that, you know, you have to feed them, change them, feed yourself, change yourself, wash yourself, wash the kids, do your job, spend time with your partner. You know, God forbid, relax for five to ten minutes and just do absolutely nothing. Maybe go on your phone, you know, maybe, you know, engage in a hobby and stuff like that. But it's like, so how do we manage all that? It's like, so again, we're back to the timetable tactic. You know, it's like, like meals are going to be key because that's the fuel that's keeping it all going. It's like, so again, number one is sleep. Number two is time management. Number three is nutrition. It's like, is the nutrition there or are you on this sugar spike? You know, are, and then caffeine would be another. And if you drink coffee, it's like, are you on this caffeine crash? Is that affecting your sleep? It's like, you have to be really mindful as to what you're taking into your body. And it doesn't have to be perfect. But it can't be shite. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you, there's absolutely zero, zero standards, and that's a, another big thing that we could maybe talk about as well, because it kind of is a, is a, a, a cover all. It's like it's like what are your standards? And it's like again, it's like do you, like do you have high enough standards to be a dad? Like it, or because again, you're setting your kids' standards. If they see you low standards, they're gonna low standards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's the hard stuff. It's like then it's almost like your kids are your kids are sub subconsciously judging you, um, all the time. But you kind of have to live up to the. Well, remember, the they're challenge. not judging you so much as you're going to judge them. So if you have low standards, and then you see you know the behavior that's going to breed in them, and then you have to now deal with them, because like because because initially they're not going to judge you at all; they're going to model you. 
And then you're going to say, why, why are you so lazy? You know, you're going to say things like, you know, why do you never clean your room? It's like, like, well, you never clean your room or you never help me clean my room. It's like, you know, it's like we just expect them to just be these automatically amazing people, even though they're brought up in. A, and again, not to say it bad, it's like even a mediocre environment. And I was like, it's just if the standards are just a little bit lax and then you take that lax environment and times it by a child's mentality. Like Mason, one of the hilarious things I think is was was really funny was when he was two. I could get him to do jobs by just turning a very simple job with an excited attitude into a game. <gasps> let's see, how, let's see how fast we can put away the cushions. No problem. And it's like, and it's like, oh, Mason, go get your doo doo. And he's like, no, I lazy. It was mm-hmm. like, just it's like they just it's it's instinctual to be lazy. Like he's already in the place where he'll just try and reserve his energy. You know, oh, carry me up the stairs. You know, like just things is like, oh, actually, I couldn't really be bothered with that. And that's that's human nature. But it's like, you know, as the adult, hopefully you've disciplined yourself out of that. Or it's like, is that still you? Oh, I'm too lazy. Oh, I can't do that. You know, it's like, come on. It's like, it's like, oh, because otherwise that's what you're going to be dealing with. And that's yeah. one of my favorite quotes. I think I said it in one of our very first podcasts before I had kids is never let your kids do things that make you dislike them. Because you can dislike your kids. You get, and, and and other people they're not necessarily dislike well you possibly can't dislike but you can definitely resent them because of the you know if, if you feel like saying this whole thing is like if the if you feel like they've taken more what, what is it like this whole thing of resentment like what like what even is what even would that look like it's obviously it's, it's hard to imagine now because i'm still in the in the rose tinted glasses yeah exactly um, yeah the kind of, kind of phase like you know but there is people like that who resent their kids because you know maybe they had the, the been planning having kids um you know they had had a, they had a dream they had a mission they had a had something that they were working towards and they kind of got sidetracked and you know it's just really what 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 story do you have about it really isn't it like you know like being a dad is a is a blessing you know like and, and I, I, but imagine operating but where it's not that situation but i feel like it's mm-hmm. it's just all about the self-actualization it's everything everything feeds into everything else it's just like you know be the best version of you, of you the start fill up your own cup first and if you're the best you can be you by automatically you'll be the best dad you can be obviously because you have high standards and you're disciplined and you've got a, a good balanced perspective and they're like geez you go far far away with that you know because again you can make fair calls you, know, you can make fair calls and you can understand when you're wrong and you can understand when they're doing something wrong and you can understand, you know, like again, if you're if you're a man or woman of principles, it's like, well, these principles are universal. I remember I heard um, Alex from Ozzy. He was talking about his his algorithm is filled with two things. There's two forms of en- entertainment or kind of pages that he follows. One is philosophy and the other is comedy. And I was like, why? What do those things have in common? They're true. And so it's like that's 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 something that I really resonated with because I didn't I didn't think about it consciously before, but it's like something that I love about principles and com comedy and philosophy is that they're universal like if you have a universal truth, like that's so beneficial. Because you can't bullshit that. Like there's no bullshit in a way. It's like like unless again you want to start engaging in a very funny game. You know, it's like we know what's right and we know what's wrong unless you've never d- delved deep. Like if you're not funny or you've got a, a twisted sense of humor, like that generally is like, 
if you like if you if you don't click with people if people don't really vibe with you on a on like a, a jokey like if you can't banter like and that's something again it's like it's very very important for kids and for social development and it's important to you to it's like that you can tease them and they can tease you that you kind of you get it's like listen you can't take yourself too seriously but we also have to know what's too far you know it's like and again that's that's kind of it, what, what it's all about and then again it's like having these principles like in terms of philosophy and kind of dig, digging deep into into a little bit of philosophy to ask yourself these these questions like again like what are we doing now it's like like maybe like what is the right answer? It's like we can sit here That's and spin part, part, part of what I'm realizing during this conversation is like it's like I don't I don't I really don't know. Like I'm like I'm I'm still figuring it out. Like and that's okay. You know, it's like I'm still figuring out. There's no perfect answer. It's like really, it's like what does it mean to you? Like what's imp- what's important to you now? And kind of go with that. And just as long as your intention is to be the best you can be, um, you know, take care of your kids, love your kids, provide for your kids. But I feel like there obviously is some sort of different element of you know being a dad versus being a mother that is different. Um, in the sense that you know our job is to you know i feel like the thing that gives me the greatest satisfaction is you know to provide to provide for my family to give them you know resources um so that they can first off enjoy it so it's like okay right who could like you would you would much rather see them go off and do like you know you, i'd happily spend the day at work so they could go off and do something together you know i like that you wouldn't necessarily be you'd almost get more pride in it you know and the more pride in the suffering not i suffered so that they could they could do that nice thing but always be better than actually being there with them um yeah. but that's i feel like as a that's what i'm trying to say like the whole thing about fatherhood like i feel like it is a little bit different i seen there was a cool quote here i think it was from vince lombardi and you've heard of um was it vince lombardi i think it was um i have a caption here but it's raising children with respect for others passion for their life and ability to give and receive love it's impacting their life in a positive way so that their solitude in their solitude they can hear your voice feel your encouragement know your uh, know your love and most of all whisper to them the courage to take on every one of life's challenges so it's like just giving them the like to elevate their consciousness above of, off that lower level you know this kind of scarcity mindset to kind of take scarcity off the plate so these kids can you know play and they can love and they can have access to all of these different things because that's where so many people are stuck and it's so hard for some people you know we are so lucky yeah but we've got good families you know and, and you know, uh, uh, what would they call it? A uh, nuclear family for for one, because I can't imagine how people do it. Like without having two people in the house, without even having the nanas and stuff to call around and kind of give a chip in as well. Like it'd be very, very difficult. Um, so you know, so do take it with a pinch of salt. Say again, because we've only lived, we've only our own lived experience. Um, but for me, that's what gives me the most satisfaction. You know, this whole thing, like people talk about you know the patriarchy and different stuff like honestly my my mission is to be the patriarch be the ritual granda that takes care of everybody like that's why i would love it to be like i don't think anything else would make me happier mm. than being that person you know being able to look after my grandkids and you know take care of everybody like that's that's to me seems like the highest purpose um available to me um my, kind of my my greatest purpose for me um i feel like i feel like a little bit more of a like obviously i'm a father as well so there is obviously that, that that responsibility to provide but i feel like you know a shaman you know like a shaman and a jester like i feel like it's very important to like spiritually guide like i don't i don't i don't necessarily need to be a controlling force and i don't really want to be a controlling force but sometimes you know you need to draw lines and i feel like that's kind of like one of the reasons like again the jester element things like i like i want to be a joker you know like i want to I want to help you find the lines either side. Like I want to like, again, like play, 
for example, is, is, is probably one of the best ways to describe this with kids and even 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 adults. Like, play physically. You know, I want to. I want you to know where the where the, where the boundaries are. I want you to know when you're safe, and I want you to know when you're not safe. I want to know when you're when you're when you're being funny and when you're being rude. I want you to know. I want you to know when you're being naughty and when you're being nice, and I want to help you draw those boundaries out for yourself. And that's not always, again, especially when it comes to the role of discipline. And that's kind of where I feel like, and again, maybe I'm wrong, Mammy's out there, if you're listening, I'm very sorry. But I, I feel like in my household anyway, it's like I'm the, 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 dis- the disciplinarian. You know, it's like I'm the one who puts the foot down and I do not actually like just biologically feel like I don't mind when you're upset if I know I, if I think it's good for you. Like if I think like if I, if I feel like, you know, a timeout is appropriate, I feel like the word no is going to benefit you in the long run. It's like, I don't mind if you, you well up in the face. In fact, I think it's good for you. And obviously there's a, you know, there's a balance to that. And, you know, the same with, with playing. It's like, I, I don't mind taking like it, like in my experience, one of the best things I do for Mason is like, you know, it's like if we're wrestling, it's like, I'll, I'll wait until he gets like a, like uh, it's like right, that's it. You know, it's like, but it's like, it's like I want you to struggle. I don't want you to struggle, but I don't want like I don't want to make I don't ever make you upset. You know what I mean? So I want I want yeah. you to find the lines physically, so you know yourself. And again, so if somebody else applies a little bit of pressure on you, you know that you're kind of used to it. You know, it's like that that you're not this delicate little flower that's never had any kind of pressure at all. It's like that you've had pressure put on you. You know how to deal with it, and you're comfortable there. You know, it's like that you know that it's. Uh, 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 and I'm out. And it's kind of like, you know, just kind of stuff like that. And I feel like I just want to be the guiding force for these little souls to find, again, the, their higher selves, like so that they can be, but get there quicker than I did. You know what I mean? Because like, I, I, I just feel like it took, like it, it was a mess for me to get there. And again, that's the role of, of, of the shaman is, you know, guiding people on their spiritual experience and letting them make their own mistakes is 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 a, is, a, is a crucial point and, and part of that and so again i feel like if we want our kids to live this perfect life i feel like that's like a little bit naive i feel like they're gonna like they're yeah. they're gonna feel pain have the struggle. don't wish don't wish to. wish for less problems wish for more skills like we need to make sure yeah. that they're, they're they're well equipped with the strong skill set and good characters because life is going to be hard regardless we can't protect them from everything one of the worst things i feel like i've e- i ever did in terms of my boxing career was that we never in in the gym like in in clan we never played we never played the fight we always fought the fight and i feel like one of the best things we ever did was the touch sparring was the the shoulders knees like we turned it into a game and so it's like right i want to play these games with you that you know the terrain well enough that when it comes time to go out there that you're used to the terrain you know it's like but i also you know, as a dad, like I want to take, I want to take these kids. Like I'm going to take my kids training. You know, training is one of the reasons why I love training. Is like we're going to suffer here. Like this isn't going. To, like every step of the way, this is not going to be nice. There's going to be a point here now where you're you're breaking point. You're at your limit. And you're very very emotional. You're very, you know, you're starting to break down a little bit, and then we'll take a break. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So hopefully, if you ever come up against a situation like that in your life, it's like you're you have an identity of somebody's like fuck. I don't I don't want to do this today, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like that to me, like when I we started working here and I started doing the one fifteen class, just even back in in the other spot, it's like when I knew that was coming every day, and there was no getting out of it. Like that, that is such a powerful experience. Just accept it and move on. That's it. It's it's, it's, a, it's the negotiation is the hard part. Yeah. It's no, oh, shall I do this one or shall I do the next one? Then she maybe I'll go later. And if I don't do go later, shall I do this instead? 
Too long yeah. to go. I have to go to. Do you want to learn to talk yourself out of it? Mm. So bad habit to get into talking yourself out of it. Oh, and so again, it's like if you can make it non-negotiable, and also then, like that conversation. The thing about it is like that conversation is not there. It's like it's there. It was like you just get used to. Oh, this is this is part of it. This is the routine. Like every day, every day, it's like oh, all right, it's coming. Quarter past one. Oh, oh, it's a long day. You know what I mean? Ten, ten past one. Oh, here we go. Two minutes into the warm. Ah, now here we go. We're feeling yeah. loose again. It's like, but it's everything before that. It's the thoughts of it, the thoughts of it, the thoughts of it. And it's like that with work. It's like that with nutrition. It can be like that in relationships. It's like, but if we get into the, if we get into the, the I was talking to one of the clients there today. I'm not, I'm not sure what the book is. And I heard a great analogy for it as well. I kind of went to two of them. They were talking about, it's like, it's that chimp in your brain. It's the chimp brain. You know, it's talking you out of it. It's like, it's that chimp that makes you want to pull over, you know, the car. You know, it's like, yeah. he gives you the finger. Oh, I'm going to go out, I'm going to fight with him. You know, it's like, and another thing is like, a, a, a good analogy I heard during the week was, it's like a roommate that lives in your head. And generally, like, this guy's a waster. It's like, every once in a while, he's got a good idea. But in general, like, you just live with this person. They're your roommate. And they're going to tell you, they're going to talk you out of your dreams pretty much if you let them. And that's based just on, you know, general experience. And if we kind of come back to an parent, as a parent, it's your job to program the roommate. It's like, hopefully, yeah. you've given them a helpful roommate. But again, he's still, you know, only, like, if your child is because, because all the Because all the roommate has heard is, you know, useful, useful, empowering, encouraging things. Like, you know, so yeah. like, they, like you get this, and that's, all, that's what my thing with the wee story around is like, we're giving them the script. Like, that's, that's where the responsibility is. Like how we speak to them and, and how we treat them, I think is, is so important. One of your sides as well is like allow, allow people to save face is a great way to communicate. Like, so when my roommate was listening to me, listening to David Goggins, like he, he was sitting there, like obviously with his big complaint, he had in him who doesn't isn't motivated for anything. And I, I'll never forget when I did the Murph about a year ago, I remember that roommate for the first time in my life, had some positive talk for me and I was like no way like I was in post and I was broken and instead of going like oh this terror is like come on we can do it who's gonna carry the boats you know it's, let's go baby and so I was like geez David Goggins is living with me instead of whoever was living with me before and it's like so if we can help our kids have a, a roommate like that voice inside is well well dialed in well tuned in and again that roommate is modeling you and I was like they're modeling the parent or modeling the parent or modeling the parent and if you've got a bit of a, a waster for a roommate or your kid has a waster for a roommate, you know, and that's probably going to be the way because they're only kids. So the roommate's a kid, you know, it's like, it's not a very mature thing. It's like, that's fine for now because thank God they have another roommate, which is you, <laughs> you know, you're, you're the actual roommate. You are going to bring them on. You're going to help them out. And so again, you're, it's like when it comes time to clean the room, you're going to help them clean the room. That's one of the most effective strategies I have for Mason, help making, getting Mason to clean up. It's like, Oh, Mason, will you clean up your toys? And I was like, no, I don't want to clean up my toys. He's like, come on, let's clean it up together. I'll start. You know, it's like, and so, okay. You know, it's like, we're doing this together. Instead of trying to put it all on them, it's like, we're there to help them pick up the load. Like, we're there as their guide. We're there as their Sherpa. It's like, I'm here, team you. And the reason I have enough energy to help you is because I filled my cup first. I help me and I have some for you. Whereas if I don't even have enough for me, which is an awful lot of people, it's like, when it comes to your kids, it's like, I can't even help you. I don't have enough. Yeah. 
or and then we pacify them with, with, with different things or you know tv and food and kind of going for the quick way because we don't have the energy to do it the way that we know we should do it it's like the like the hard way like you know you have to have the hard conversation you have to do that like even putting them into a timeout is difficult or doing these things um you know it's hard like money doesn't want to do something it's like it's harder it's like someone right because i don't know to avoid the tantrum here i could just give her what she wants or i have to get down to her level talk with her you know reason with her you know try and try and kind of save the situation a little bit where it's so easy for things just ah, okay just yeah kind of have have what you want have the treat do what you want to do well, um, what is what is what is your knowledge on the timeout because i know that's a little bit up for a debate now because like yeah, Jen, Jen's, not, Jen's not a big Jen's not a big fan of timeouts and like that at all. Um, no, we we kind of just really try to um, you know the whole just get down to their level, talk with them. You know, like there's not they, they, like in a sense they can't do anything wrong because um, yeah, you know, it's just like they don't, have, they don't they don't have any they don't have any bad intentions. So you know why why would you why would you kind of condemn or criticize anything anything that they, they, they try to do? Um, Jen's always sending me stuff. So some. That we would love to, um, you know, learn even more about, like especially like things like the Montessori route is something that we kind of both seem to to kind of jibe with. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm not sure. Like, yes, yeah, I, 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 I apparently don't know. damaging. You know what I mean? Like, apparently, you know, it's like, oh, it teaches that. Oh, okay, when you when you don't act a certain way, I remove myself. Exactly. Like, that, you, or that, you get, that you get ex- that you get excluded from the family, or yeah, you're, you're not you're not deserving of love at this current moment. It's like, oh, yeah. But it's like no, you're all you're always deserving of love. So here I'm gonna get down and in a lovingly way try and explain to you why that was not necessarily the, the, the best possible thing. I'd love to get Jen to talk because Jen actually knows a lot more about this than I do. Um Jen's on the next podcast. Yeah, ho- hopefully. Um but we're gonna have to wrap it up. But even just before we finish there, you can also with the whole thing like carry the boats, like the whole thing like fit for fatherhood, like it really is all down to leadership at the end of the day, I think. Um, you know, as you said, like who's gonna carry the boats? It's like that's kind of what being a dad is like. Oh, clean up your toys. It's like, no, let's clean up the toys together. And then the key thing you said was, I'll start. So like you do it first. Like that's, I feel like that's really kind of what it has to be. And obviously said, these things are hard. Like, you know, by no means perfect. As long as you're doing your best, that your best is good enough. Just keep doing that. And your best will continue to get better and better. Any dads out there, you know, you should be proud of yourself. It's a, it's, 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 it's a absolute privilege, but it is a lot of responsibility um, to take care of a family so you know fair play to everybody out there doing doing some good work and raising some raising some good kids because like you know I, I, I can't think of, of anything greater to dedicate your life to than kind of raising a family and raising good children and like the impact that that could potentially have um across time um is immense but uh, do you anything you want to say before you before we wrap it up brandon um no just thanks for listening guys i really appreciate it and yeah thanks so much for listening and then just kind of as a side note if Peter's editing this, if you can, Peter is a, one of my favorite videos, and obviously I would like you to cut this out if you can't get the clip. Um, but again, I, I sent it to Stephen the other. Maybe I get Stephen to send it to you, or I'll, I'll I'll find it and send it. David Goggins just um, on being a leader. I feel like again, as you said, being a dad is about being a leader. It's like you must start to see yourself as a leader, you know. And as a leader, it's like there's no easy way out. There's no days off. And again, I feel like that's a really important message for dads out there because. Once we kind of start forging that identity and, again, growing small in it because, again, we can't just turn ourselves around overnight. But, again, once we kind of start growing in that right direction and, as you said, treating ourselves as leaders, I feel like David Goggins, that, that quote's pretty badass. I just love that. That was the first motivational speech I ever saved um, for myself since I listened to ET. That was the one that got me back as well.
That's what got me into David Goggins. Oh, is it, what is it? The, the, who's going to carry the boats one? No, 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 no. The, the one that I sent you, I sent you a link the other day. We'll, we'll, we'll play it. Today is your opportunity to be a leader. You must look at yourself as a leader. As a leader, you no longer have the fucking option to take the easy path in life. As a leader, there is no snooze button. It can be very lonely. Through your actions, you can change the mindset of those around you. You must do when you don't want to do. You have to find your best self when you are the least motivated. Your brain is like a muscle. You have to push it to a point of discomfort. All those days and nights you don't want to train, those are the days you must train. You must change the way you look at discomfort. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Do the whole like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share with your friends. But more importantly, you know, have a conversation. Anything that we said today, you agree with, you don't agree with, let us know. We'd love to get your feedback. I said, we're, 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 we're learning as we go here. Uh, but appreciate your time. Appreciate uh, you listening to the podcast. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace.